Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello world. Again, my name is Miles Bassett with Wildman Web Solutions. This is Ask Wildman, an open Q&A for anyone and everyone who wants to join us here um, and ask me and my team any questions you want about technology, business, marketing, advertising. You just want to ask us how our day is going. That is perfectly fine. So we are streaming this live right now to Facebook, YouTube, and our Twitch channel now. Um, so if you want to interact with this, if you want to ask a question or you have a comment on something that we're talking about here, please throw your questions in the comments below. If you're catching this later, you're not watching us live, you can still be part of the conversation by emailing us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that address scrolling below me here in that crawler. Um, email us your questions there and we will either respond to your email or get to your questions next week as we're doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11 live streaming to again, our Facebook, YouTube and Twitch accounts. So uh, pick one there and tune in Wednesdays at 11 to ask questions live. All right, with that being said here, I'm gonna be bringing in my partner, Mike Hanna to help me answer some questions. And Good there he is. Hello, Miles. How hello, hello. the heck are you doing today? Good, good. I think we need to figure out a way to uh, like play walk-in music or something when I when I pull you in here. I think that'd be fun. Oh yeah, I definitely need. To, I can get. I didn't know that was an option. I can have walk-up music. Oh. Well, I don't know how to do it, but I'm I'm sure we could figure it out. Yeah, we are technology people, after all. The hard part is going to be deciding what your song would be. Oh well, it's good. Yeah, it's going to be hard narrowing it down. I mean, I might need, I might just pick a different one for each week. Actually, it's probably the way it'll go. Yeah, I think we pretty much just hit the Space Jam soundtrack for me. Any one of those, I'd be happy. <laughs> All right. It's, um, it's a very sophisticated musical choice. <laughs> it's fun. I'm allowed to be, I'm allowed to have fun. Uh, uh, well, what's the point there, if we're not having it. fun? All right, so like I said, this is an open Q&A, so please feel free to jump into the discussion here. I know we have a couple of points we want to talk about, a couple of news updates. Um, I know one, at least, that Mike's going to bring up later, but um, the rest will be a surprise. Um, but if you want to jump in and be, um, you know, be, part of the and be part of the conversation, ask some questions or anything you want, please jump in the comments below, and we'll hit those as they come up. Okay, so to get started here today, um, I did have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. As usual, um, I am coming right off the tails of One Million Cups this morning. If you guys don't um, or haven't checked out One Million Cups yet, it's a really incredible local community of business owners and entrepreneurs that get together once a week, Wednesday mornings, um, and listen to a presentation from a local business owner. Um, so this morning it was a uh, candle company out of Topeka called Analog Candles. I recommend checking them out because they had some really good products. Um, and she had some really great questions. She is um, you know, building this up from scratch, building up this company organically with her family, still making all the candles by hand um, at, out of her 
her home workshop. Um, and looks like she's really doing some really awesome things. And she has um, been selling everything online primarily over the last year. I know she wants to get back into retail, especially for those of us. I think most people like to smell a candle before they buy one. So I can't imagine that you know she wouldn't want to get back into retail. But she has been pushing stuff online through an Etsy store. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations here on this show about e-commerce, um, how the world of e-commerce has kind of evolved over the last, especially over the last year, but over the last couple of years, um, even more than that, and how it's changing the world of retail. But we haven't really talked about some, I don't even know what to call it, some more established marketplaces, places like Etsy. Uh, I think we've kind of referenced selling on Amazon. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways that you can get your product online, selling your product either through your own website, through your own e-commerce solution, through existing marketplaces, through affiliates or partnerships with other uh, companies here. So I did want to take a little bit of time and just kind of talk about those different options, discuss the different technologies, different players, the pros, the cons, and where ultimately we think that at least small businesses in our space, in our area should land. I'm not entirely sure how I want to divide this up, but I think that we can we can kind of break this into existing marketplaces versus your own e-commerce setup. So that would be selling on Amazon, selling on Etsy or something like that versus selling on your own website, whether that be a Shopify site or maybe you've got a WordPress site with uh, WooCommerce or you're leveraging some other technology like Magneto or Equid or... Uh, the wild man store, if you want to use our tool. Uh, Mike, do you have any thoughts on, on that division there or like where maybe you want to go one way versus the other? Any, any big benefits stick out to you between working within an existing marketplace or trying to build up your own thing? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a couple key questions that you have to ask. I actually had, I had a, a gentleman call me, um, I believe it was last Friday afternoon, and we had a similar discussion along these lines where, uh, you know, he was he was basically, he was starting from scratch a jewelry e-commerce uh, business. And, you know, my, my initial thought was, how serious are you are about this? Meaning, you know, is this a, is this a hustle for you on the side? Is this, uh, you know, one of seven businesses that you're running? Is this your full-time thing that you're going to, you know, throw your heart and soul into and it's going to be what you're paying your, your bills off of? Uh, because I think that that's, that's kind of the first place that I would start with somebody. Uh, if, if you're doing this for the long run and this is your bread and butter, I think you 100% want to go the custom way and you want to get, uh, you know, onto a, a uh, an open platform that you can control, that you can optimize, that you can manipulate, if you will, uh, much more than you can on some of these uh, closed platforms like, say, a Shopify or Etsy or something like that. If you're just kind of wanting to dip your toes in the water, you know, and have a little fun and, you know, kind of do this from maybe 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night as you're winding down after dinner, there's nothing wrong with building it out on Shopify, my mind or Etsy or something like that, you know, but when you be, when, when it goes from kind of being a hobby to really being a business, you know, many, many times and miles, you could, I'm sure speak to this even better than I can, but we've seen this so many times that people just kind of get stuck 
if they're on one of these, you know, one size fits all, you know, kind of, you know, platforms and they can't really do what they want to do with their, uh, with their store and with their web presence to get them to that level where they are a serious business and a real contender in the e-commerce space. Uh, now, you know, there's, there's some exceptions to that rule. There's not, not to say there's not Shopify sites out there that are just absolutely crushing it. I mean, they, they are, you know, let, let, let's, let's be honest, but you know, so I'm, I'm doing some generalization here, obviously, but by and large, uh, especially in the more competitive spaces, like let's take jewelry, for example, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna probably spend a lot more money than you, than you ever would, uh, trying to get, you know, something like a Shopify store to be competitive with some of these bigger, uh, e-commerce players than you would if you were able to be more nimble on something like a, you know, WooCommerce or WordPress platform where you can optimize SEO a little bit better. Uh, you can, you know, do some more things with content, make your, uh, your site stand out, be a little bit more sticky, be a little bit more engaging, hopefully get a higher engagement, um, uh, for uh, purchases off of it, you know, things like that. Um, and so by and large, that's the first question I think everybody has to ask is what am I really trying to build here? And again, if I'm just trying to maybe like test, you know, like, oh, I want to like test a category or, or test a niche or test a product line or something like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it on Etsy, you know, or, 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 um, Shopify. And then the other big thing here is we have to ask ourselves is who's my customer and how am I going to really engage with them and get traffic? Right. Because in some cases, it may make sense for you to go on Etsy, go on even on Pinterest or Amazon, you know, or one of these platforms that has built in traffic. If you don't have the ability, the, the budget, uh, you know, to go out and create traffic for yourself to take it to even do a Shopify site, you know, but any any website out there that's that's not connected to this large, larger ecosystem of buyers and shoppers. Uh, then that's something that you should certainly consider uh, because you may be better off just, like I said, just, you know, doing it inside the ecosystem of a bigger platform that's already out there. And there's more and more of those coming online as, as, as we've talked about uh, many, many times over the course of the past few weeks, you know, there's, there's from everybody from Walmart to Macy's that, you know, all these big retailers, they're now going the Amazon business model and they're going to allow buyers to come in and, and sellers, excuse me, to come in uh, to sell their products to their buyers, uh, basically as small businesses, you know, in their platform. So those are the two things, uh, Miles, that I think, you know, we should just from a strategic level uh, answer before we give, you know, advice on, oh yeah, you should go here, you should go there. Uh, and again, just to recap is, you know, what kind of a business is this? Is this kind of a side hustle thing? Is this a full-time thing? And where do you envision leveraging customers? Is that going to be from traffic that you're creating? You know, say I'm doing a Facebook ad and I'm going to create an interest and I'm going to bring the traffic to a website. Or are you better off going somewhere where there's already a built out ecosystem of shoppers and leveraging that on a platform? Yeah, it's a really great question to start off with. You know, what kind of business is this? What are you trying to do with this? Um, I think an extra point that we can throw in there is just, you know, to put a little bit of thought into this. I feel like too many people, when they, they want to sell something online, they go to that first tool that they're sort of aware of. Maybe they have heard the word Shopify before. Maybe they've heard of Etsy or something like that, and they just jump on that without really doing their due diligence. Um, 
and it's it can be very difficult to move e-commerce platforms uh, as mm -hmm. someone who's worked with a lot of different businesses trying to get them online um, either for the first time or move them from one shop to another it's a big undertaking especially if you've actually established yourself and you've built up a business you've got a lot of different products on there a lot of different options and more than that you've got to connect to your payment processor and to your bank and all these other configurations and settings that aren't going to be in the same place on this new platform so you know, it's it's always better if possible, which I realize it's not always how um, running a business works out, but if possible to pick something and stick with it. So if you think that you're going to outgrow something or you're going to move in a different direction that isn't really allowed on the platform you're talking about or the, the one that you're looking at, then maybe you should plan for the future there and get yourself set up on the platform that you ultimately want to be on. Um, some of these tools are really quick and easy to get uh, get started on. Um, and they, but they all have different limitations. You know, we keep hitting Shopify here. Shopify is a really great e-commerce tool for selling stuff online. Um, it's built specifically for that and for nothing else. So if you want to get spun up quickly, you want to get a good online store that works and looks professional and it's your own space, you're not on an existing marketplace, like you know, getting set up on Etsy or something, then Shopify can be a really good solution for you. Mm -hmm. But it does have its limitations. You know, we were talking with someone a little while back who um, had a Shopify site and wanted to do all of these other things on their website um, and use it in a number of different ways. Uh, it was really primarily a service-based business, but wanted to sell um, retail in addition to that, on top of that. Now, Shopify, you can technically put other content on there, but it's it's built to be an e-commerce store. Mm -hmm. It's not built to be a general, all-encompassing website builder where you can do anything you want with it. So if you want to do something outside of just that e-commerce space and selling products off of that website, Shopify is all of a sudden going to become very limiting, very restricting. Whereas if you were using um, an independent e-commerce product like our um, our e-commerce product for example it doesn't come with a whole website we put it onto a website so we either build you a website or we'll work with your existing website and put it on there so that you can use whatever whatever website tool you want um, and build up your website that way and then also have a store on there um, so it's it's important to understand where where to use each one of these tools and to do a little bit of research and also just to think ahead. It's not just what is your business now, it's what do you want it to be in six months, 12 months, mm -hmm. a couple of years from now. Because um, I, I would rather you pick something here and stick with it rather than having to deal with, with moving things later. Then you hit another point there and that's kind of the division I was initially trying to, uh, trying to draw here although there, there are a lot of other important factors here, um, and that is the existing marketplace versus your own setup. There's a clear advantage to operating within a marketplace in that, um, and Etsy is kind of a, a really interesting example because it kind of straddles the fence here. It does a little bit of both because you can link directly to your own Etsy store and put your own domain on it as if it's your own website. You can market it and push people to your store and it just has your products on it. But then you're also on the Etsy marketplace. So people doing branded searches or searching for your type of product, not you specifically, uh, but your type of product could just happen upon you. So you don't have to generate your own traffic. You just have to make a really great product and get yourself in that marketplace. 
So anyone anywhere, if they're searching for handmade soy candles, could potentially find this business that I was talking this morning um, on Etsy without them doing any marketing or any outreach or having any without this buyer having any idea what that brand is. They could find that product. Versus if you set up your own Shopify store, um, if you have our e-commerce product or another uh, one like that where you're you're off on your own and you have your own website that of course gives you a little bit more control over your online experience. Um, but it does take you out of that marketplace. So you have to generate your own traffic and pull people in on your own. You can't just leverage the, um, the already existing traffic of an Etsy or an Amazon or Macy's or whoever else is going to set up their, uh, their online marketplace. Now, there's also going to be some other, I don't know, fees and restrictions and everything here. If you are selling on existing marketplace, you're probably not getting 100% of the profit. But I think that's probably one of the big wins of setting up your own site and your own online store um, is that you really can control everything from the very beginning of the interaction all the way through the um, marketing funnel and ultimately to the, the purchasing process. Um, you can set your own prices there and you're probably going to be able to maintain a higher set of margins. Uh, there's not going to be any other fees or anything like that outside of, you know, whatever tools you're deciding to use for that. Um, whereas if you're selling on someone else's marketplace, there could potentially be some, some other costs associated with that. So I think that's another important variable to throw into this, into this conversation. Um, so I guess maybe that is the key distinction here. Are you going to set up your own traffic? Do you have a marketing budget? Can you get people to go to your own website? Or do you need to leverage an existing marketplace and put yourself out there? On some of these, it's it's going to be fairly restrictive. You know, Like I said, Shopify works with Shopify, and that's it. You have to set up everything on Shopify. You can't put a Shopify site, a store on a different kind of website. Versus you know something like Etsy, where you could have your own store on your own website and you could sell your products on Etsy. There's no reason you can't do both. If you want to try to link people over and pull traffic away from one of those big marketplaces over into your own space, you know, maybe that's how you get started. Maybe that's a quick and easy way to get some traffic up front before anyone has any idea who you are. So now we're talking about this in a lot of or type scenarios, but in some key places, this could be more of an and than an or. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Usually is. <laughs> always is. I always I, I hate saying that. I feel like that ends up being our answer a lot, especially when we're talking about social media and, and content and everything. It's like it's it's an and, not an or. You have to do all of this stuff. Unfortunately, running a business in 2021 means that you have to wear a ton of hats um, and, and, and do a lot of things to be successful. Okay, so we are talking about e-commerce here, uh, but we are open to taking your questions. I see a couple of comments coming in here. Uh, hello, Jeff. He says hi in the comments. So thanks for jumping in. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you want us to talk about more specifically, please throw that in the comments here. Otherwise, I think we're going to continue on this e-commerce conversation um, and talking about I guess we've been kind of mostly in the retail space, but this does apply to anyone who wants to sell anything online. So then let's talk about um, let's talk about e-commerce tools. Um, you know, we, we talked about Shopify a lot. That's obviously a huge player in town. There's also WooCommerce and Magneto and um, all sorts of other e-commerce tools. 
and they all kind of have their place. I think all of these tools have their time and place. There's not like a clear winner or anything here, but it's important to do a little bit of research and realize which one is going to be best for you. Because again, it's a little bit, it's, it's, it can be very difficult to transfer later on. And if you just jump on the Wix e-commerce bandwagon or something up front, because that's what you had your initial site on, and then your business grows, and that no longer becomes a good tool for you, that's going to become kind of an issue. So um, I guess there's, which ones do we want to compare here? Shopify is definitely a, 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 a big one. There's also big commerce, which is fairly similar. I can kind of put those in the same bucket here. Uh, Magneto is kind of in there as well. WooCommerce is the uh, WordPress e-commerce tool. So it's a little bit more extensible. It's not really um, a self-contained tool. It's something that you would add on to a WordPress site. So if you have a good WordPress site or a good WordPress developer, then that can be incredibly extensible. Um, you do have to do a little bit more setup there initially. It's not, it doesn't just work right out of the box. So that's probably one of the big downsides of that. But again, you can do a lot more with a WordPress site, if you wanted to make it a blog, or you wanted to do a little bit more as far as your, your content marketing play on your website, and then also have, um, you know, also have a, a shop on there. I realized that I keep saying Magneto. Magneto is the uh, magnetized villain in X-Men. That is not what the e-commerce platform is called. <laughs> M-A-G-E-N-T-O. And for some reason, every time I see that, I, I say Magneto. I don't know why. That's not right. It's Magento. Um, anyway, that is also a PHP-based um, e-commerce uh, platform. Um, then there's some other ones that are kind of built into their site platforms as well. Like Squarespace has its own e-commerce platform in there. Wix has its own e-commerce platform built in there where you are, um, you can do a little bit more with those sites, but you are very restricted to that particular platform. So if you build your site on Squarespace, you have to use the Squarespace um, e-commerce tool. If you build your site on Wix, you have to use the Wix e-commerce tool. If you build your site on WordPress, you can use WooCommerce or you can use other e-commerce tools um, versus, you know, Shopify. Shopify you have to make is primarily an e-commerce tool, but you have to use the Shopify website builder in order to get your shop up on that. You can't put a Shopify site on a WordPress website, for example. So they're all kind of limiting in their own way. Um, they tend to operate within their own, um, their own platform, within their own space. So again, moving one to the other can be very difficult. Um, some of them are a little bit better at search engine optimization. Some of them have some more premium features, a little bit more extensible. Um, things like Wix and Squarespace, they're totally good for, uh, you know, if you have a couple of products, it's a very small shop. Um, and you just want to sell a couple of things online, totally good for that. But if you are a larger store, or you're trying to grow into a larger store that's going to have hundreds or thousands of SKUs, that's very quickly going to become a problem for you. Um, those really aren't developed. They're not built to handle very large um, retail plays. 
um, and just the platforms themselves are going to be a little bit more limiting as well for building really cool sites or for handling a ton of different traffic. Um, those are sites that have their hosting built into the platform. So if you have a Squarespace site, you are hosted by Squarespace. Um, or if you have a Wix site, you are hosted by Wix. Um, and, and their infrastructure is just not that awesome for huge sites. So as soon as you get a ton of traffic, a bunch of people in there shopping through a bunch of different products, you're going to start seeing performance problems. Um, it's not going to be very easy to use and manage. Um, so that's going to cause a problem there. But if you only have you know, 10 products or something, that can be a very quick and easy way to get going versus, you know, something like WooCommerce on, on WordPress. Um, you can have a WordPress site hosted very, uh, on a, on a very high performance platform so that it can maintain, um, a lot more, a lot more traffic there and handle a much larger store. Uh, and something like Shopify or BigCommerce, those are much more built-out tools, and they're 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 going to be a lot easier to manage a ton of different SKUs. If you've got a thousand different products in there that you want to sell, Shopify can handle that really well, and it's going to be a lot easier for you to run your business and run your store through a larger e-commerce tool like that. Um, there's also going to be a couple of different fees based in there you know you gotta be careful there are some e-commerce platforms out there that will actually take a percentage of all of your sales instead of doing a you know 20 bucks a month that's your subscription to the platform or whatever um, they'll just say x percent of your sales are going to come to us and again if you're just getting started you're selling five different products you have a really small operation maybe that percentage is going to be pretty low um, and that's going to be a really quick and affordable way for you to get up and going but as soon as you grow and you become a million dollar business, all of a sudden that's going to become a massive cost um, and is, is going to really limit you and what you can do with, uh, with your business moving into the future. So that's another red flag to watch for. But also it really depends on Mike's initial question. What are you wanting to do with this business? Where are you and where are you wanting to grow to? Um, if this is just a little side hustle and it's not going to turn into a massive thing, you're selling a couple hundred, maybe a couple of thousand dollars worth of merch a month, you know, maybe that's a, that's not a deal breaker for you. And the, the, the ease of setup there and that low cost is going to be worth it. If you really are wanting to jump into this with both feet and this is uh, your full-time gig, this is what you're paying the bills with, then every percentage point of that margin is going to matter. And you got to watch those those kinds of fees that can grow with you. So that was a, a couple of different points in there on the uh, the e-commerce side of things. Mike, did you have anything to to add there? Um, a couple of things, Miles. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want you to uh, to get into a little bit about sort of this this hybrid idea, uh, if you will, of you know, how e-commerce is going to, or it is, and it's going to continue to slowly merge into physical commerce, if you will, meaning that people will be in physical locations, but they'll still be ordering products off of their phone, for example, or a wireless tablet of some kind. You know, we think about uh, the event space uh, a lot, you know, when we talk about this example of, you know, I go to a concert, I go to a uh, a festival or an event in the park or whatever, and they have contactless ordering where I can get, uh, uh, you know, concessions or merchandise or something like that, but I'm not actually handing somebody my credit card for them to run into a machine. I'm simply purchasing it from my phone 
walking over to a designated location and picking up my merchandise. Uh, but before I, I let you run mm-hmm. with that, I did have a, um, an interesting tidbit to throw in here related from uh, some news from the news desk that I came across as you were doing a little deep dive on that. Um, and that is from the, uh, the company Yum Brands. Of course, the owner of Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut, they bought uh, those three companies from uh, PepsiCo and a ways back. Uh, but, you know, you don't usually think about Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut as technology companies, do you, Miles? But the, uh, the interesting news here of the day is that uh, Yum Brands last quarter, so earlier this year, uh, made two major acquisitions. They bought an artificial intelligence uh, unit uh, as part of a performance marketing firm, and they also uh, purchase a con- con- conversational commerce developer in TikTok Technology. It was the name of that company, and they've integrated uh, both of these companies into the Yum Brands to help their businesses uh, adapt to more digital uh, connectivity with their audience and e-commerce. And so, really, really interesting that these guys are going all in on building out technology to do a lot of the things that we've talked about often on the show, which is leveraging technology to remove the hoops in your business and your buying funnel to make it easier for customers to give you money. Uh, And that's exactly what they're doing. And it turns out that digital sales across Young's portfolio has reached a record of $17 billion in 2020, a 45% increase from 2019. Here's a quote from the chief executive, David Gibbs. The key focus point for our team is to continue acceleration of digital and technology innovations across the globe, all geared towards providing customers with new and seamless ways to access our brands. So really, really interesting stuff there uh, from the e-commerce technology side coming from Yum Brands. Um, That's my uh, update here for now from the news desk, Miles. I'll have much more later on. Yeah, well, you did bring up a good point, and that is, you know, we we used to, I say used to, like just a couple of years ago, um, you know, really seem to divide the two worlds of in-person retail business and e-commerce. Um, and this last year, this COVID year, has completely smashed the barriers between those two things. I think they were already kind of cracking and leaking before, but now there's nothing left. So. Um, more and more brands, at least the smart ones out there, are, I don't know, changing or enhancing their overall strategy to meld those two worlds together a little bit. And I've seen a lot of different um, creative ways around that to get people to engage with a brand, both online and in person. Um, you know, one of the one of the easiest examples I can I can give here, just to give the people out there an idea of what we're talking about, um, is going to be contactless ordering. Um, you know, we were actually talking about this a few days ago, uh, doing something like at a restaurant, you can just have a, a QR code on a table tent. Someone pulls out their phone, they, they sit down at the table, they pull out their phone, they point it at the QR code, that opens up a menu for the restaurant. They can then order as if they were doing like an online ordering uh, kind of thing and submit their order that way. That goes directly through that restaurant's point of sale system, directly to the kitchen. The kitchen makes the food, wait staff brings it out. And so that that completely changes how that restaurant works. 
um, makes you skip a couple of steps. Um, it started off with people, you know, wanting to have this contactless ordering procedure uh, for obvious reasons during uh, during the pandemic here, just for safety precautions. But I don't see these kinds of things really going anywhere um, as we move out of pandemic world and kind of back to some kind of normal here, just because it's kind of cool. Um, it's it's convenient. Uh, maybe you're not doing contactless ordering, but you're doing contactless payment. You know, you're having that mm -hmm. QR code print off on someone's receipt. And instead of walking up to the cashier or something and paying that way, they can just scan the code and pay on their phone. Miles, it, not only is it easier, you know, but from the business owner's perspective, it's just going to make you more money. And, and I'll give you an example of this that I saw even before the pandemic hit. This would have been 2019, maybe 2018. I'm getting my years confused now. Uh, at the PGA Championship at, uh, mm -hmm. in, in St. Louis. You know, PGA Championship, obviously a huge event. You know, thousands and thousands of people there. It's coming up again here in a week or two. Uh, and they had, you know, your regular concession line. You go through the line and you pick up, you know, you slide your card and you basically pick up whatever you need and it's, it's, you scan it. And then they had a whole separate area for the beer concessions, right? Because it, it don't care what event you're doing, what, what, you know, what's the biggest profit center usually? Your beer sales, right? And so they completely siphoned that off into another location and it was all automated to where I go up there. I, I, again, I run my credit card, I get a cup and then I go up and I hit a button it's going to charge me comparable to what, you know, if I get six ounces, 12 ounces, 18 ounces, and then it fills up my cup automatically to whatever I purchased. And then I take it and I go on my merry way. I never stand in a line. I never talk to a person, anything. So what does this do? This makes it easier to get beer. What are people going to do? They're going to get more beer. So what are you going to do? You're going to make more money, right? Um, and, and so, the, you know, that's the thing that we just need to keep, keep driving home. It's like, you know, why are we doing all this? Why are we, uh, you know, making all these changes? Why is a, a brand like Yum, you know, investing in artificial intelligence? It's because it's going, it's going to be hard up front, right? It's like short-term uh, short pain, long-term gain, right? It's going to be hard up front to completely revitalize your business. But think about it when you have a much better business model, your customers are happy and you're making more money and it's like that for the long term. So yeah, a lot of this stuff, it can seem kind of daunting, but I guess that's, that's why we're here. I mean, we founded this company with the mission of making some of this technology more accessible to smaller and smaller businesses. So um, I guess we'll take that one guys. Um, but yeah, just getting involved in, where the people are. The, the attention is online. Everyone is online, whether they're in front of a computer or not. If you're walking around with one of these phones all day, then you are basically 100% connected to the internet at all times. Um, and so if your business isn't interacting with people in that space, then you are missing out on a gigantic marketplace. Um, and I guess uh, necessity is the mother of creation. And so this last year has brought up, it's brought out the creativity in people um, and in brands of all sizes, uh, where people are trying to engage with each other. They're trying to engage with their audience in a more virtual way and leveraging technology more and more. That's where you see contactless ordering. That's where you see that automated beer 
dispensing service. I don't even know what to call that. There's <laughs> got to be a cool name for that. And also, I want one. Um, <laughs> you know, th this kind of creativity is exactly what is going to separate the wheat from the chaff here in the upcoming years, I think, where digital marketing and marketing become more one and the same. Digital business, business online, and business in the real world become one and the same. All of those barriers are just getting knocked down right and left. And if you mastered that and you are able to think outside the box and engage people where they are, you're going to win. You're going to succeed. You're going to grow and you're going to surpass the competition. Um, so I guess that ties back into our e-commerce conversation from earlier. That's another reason to be thinking about different platforms um, and different tools for um, experiencing e-commerce or for getting your, your, your business online. No matter what kind of business you are, first of all, you need to be selling something online. I don't care what it is. You need to be leveraging your online presence to make sales in one way or another. Um, and two, some of these tools, some of these e-commerce platforms are going to merge better with the real world than others. You know, we talked about, um, you know, the Wix e-commerce platform, super easy to get something up and going. You can put some products on there, you can sell them, you can make money on an easy drag and drop website creator, and it costs next to nothing, but it is not going to, um, interact well with your other marketing efforts, with your social media marketing efforts, with your email marketing efforts. It's not going to interact well with your brick and mortar shop very well. It doesn't have tools to do the kinds of things that we're talking about here, whereas some of the um, larger e-commerce platforms are coming out with these things. You know, I was talking about contactless ordering and integrating directly with the point of sale system. We work with uh, a, a, an online, an e-commerce uh, technology that does exactly that and builds it into the platform at no additional cost. You just start putting that out there. You start printing these QR codes on your receipts and people can pay that way. It's just one, one less point of friction. As Mike was saying, it makes it easier for you to get beer. What are you going to do? You're going to buy more beer. So I, I, that works in, in pretty much any industry. If you can find a point to remove a little bit of friction, to take away one hoop that someone has to jump through to give you money, then you make more money. Your business is more successful. And it's just a nicer, uh, smoother experience for your customer anyway. Um, so, I mean, part of it, part of it just makes me want to say that, you know, people are lazy, so convenience wins all the time. But I think that it's more <laughs> than that. It's, it's deeper than that. Um, people like having that kind of smooth, intuitive experience when they, they uh, interact with a business. When I walk into a store and I kind of, it, it naturally draws me around a certain path and I walk in and even though I don't, I've never been in the store before, I kind of have an idea of where everything is. I don't have to wander around forever searching for something or oh, maybe the staff there is really awesome and supportive and they walk up and they guide me through the entire thing. That's a much more pleasant experience than walking in, having no idea where anything is, wandering out around for an hour to find whatever it is I was looking for, finally not finding it because they don't even have the kind of thing that I'm looking for. Like that, th those frustrations drive people away from a brand and that smooth, integrated, intuitive experience is what not only draws people in, but keeps them coming back. And so this is just sort of the next step of that. It's the next evolution. It's le leveraging technology, e-commerce, the internet to give your customers a more, um, yeah, an, an all-encompassing intuitive 
experience of your business of your brand so um i guess that was that was my bit on that but um if you guys have any questions on that please throw that in the comments here we're gonna continue on i think um Do we have any other uh, news updates or anything coming out here we want to hit? Or did you want to oh expand goodness. on the, the yeah, no, conversation at all? There's, there's a lot of news stuff we could hit here. I think if we want to move on from e-commerce, if there's no questions about e-commerce, yeah, let's get on to uh, some of the news here. Yeah, well, I think we have a, a hard stop at noon today. So want to make sure that we hit all those things. I know we have a couple of exciting updates that I want to make sure to get out to to the people here. So let's go ahead and uh, move on from that. But if anyone has any other questions or wants to talk a little bit more specifically about e-commerce or integrating that into the real world, or if you have a great example of that, please put it in the comments or email us, askwildman at wildmoweb.com, um, and we can, we can expand on that later. I don't think that conversation is anywhere near done. Certainly not. Okay. News desk time. Well, let's... Um... Let's start with the, what happened over the weekend and get to some stuff that happened early this week. I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention the fact that Elon Musk uh, hosted Saturday Night Live <laughs> on Saturday. You know, not really a hard news story, I guess. You know, I mean, there, there was some takeaways to come out of it. You know, some skits about Mars and Tesla and, and Dogecoin, of course, uh, and the Doge father. But, uh, you know, I think just the, the big kind of big picture takeaway was, you know, it's cool to be a business person now, you know, which is something that, that's kind of been in the ecosystem of popular culture for a while. But, you know, I think this was clearly the first time that any kind of a, uh, a massive Fortune 500 CEO had been in this kind of role um, as a, uh, as a popular culture icon. And I, you know, I don't think that this is like a trend that's gonna, you know, I don't think we're gonna see like Bezos on it next. You know, I think, I think Elon, Elon was already, you know, kind of pushing the envelope of, uh, of, of business and popular culture. Uh, but, you know, it's just, I, I think worth noting that, you know, maybe we're at this peak point in time of, of entrepreneurship in general, just kind of being hip and cool. And I think that there's a lot of good things about that. And there's, you know, maybe some not bad things, but things that people should take with a grain of salt and, and be a little, uh, be a little casually uh, optimistic about and not just jump in and think, oh, yeah, well, now I have to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, and we, we get this whole rise of entrepreneurs. And, and we, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, so I'm mm -hmm. not going to belabor the point. But I just thought it was interesting uh, in, in this moment uh, in history there of Elon being on, on SNL. Uh, but some other uh, kind of historical stuff that came out over the weekend was our favorite app, Clubhouse, has now officially launched on Android. And it is here. The voice revolution has now um, bri bridged the gap from iOS to Android and is open to the entire world. So really, really excited what this is going to do, uh, not just for Clubhouse, but for voice technology and, and voice social apps in general. You know, we've, this has been an ongoing story that we've been talking about for months and months now. But, you know, Facebook is jumping in the game later on this summer. We know Twitter is probably not going to be far behind. And so it was really important for Clubhouse, I feel like, 
to get this launched on Android this month, uh, you know, and at least have a little bit of headway before Facebook's uh, got out there. And um, I haven't been a whole lot on the platform um, the last few days, but it's definitely been interesting when I have been on there, just the influx of Android users. And it's kind of like when you just get like a massive influx of new kids into the school and everybody's wandering around the hallways kind of lost. <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> you know? um, and it's, 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 it's been fun though. So uh, if you, if you are on Android or if you are on iOS and you haven't hopped on clubhouse yet, uh, they've also made it really, really easy to do that. Maybe miles, you could put the link, um, uh, to our clubs in the uh, comment section down below. But now you don't need to wait on an invite uh, from somebody. You can still get an invite from somebody to join directly, uh, but you can also just join any club. It doesn't have to be our club. And that'll automatically get you in the queue. You just need to get approved then by one of the club administrators and you'll be automatically on. But so definitely go and check it out. Uh, you know, even if, if, you know, if you don't uh, think it's for you, you know, this clubhouse in particular, like I said, I think just the more that we get trained in, uh, in voice technology and voice marketing, the better on we're going to be in the long run because this is not going, out, going away. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and this is going to be really, really important for how you communicate with your, uh, your audience and your customers moving forward into the future. So even if clubhouse went away tomorrow, the time that you spend learning how to communicate in this new uh, platform is going to be valuable. So uh, definitely check that out. If anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, some more interesting um, tech-related talk here, Miles. We've been we've we've been exploring NFTs a little bit uh, the last few weeks on this show. And last week we talked about um, uh, Don Julio, the great tequila brand that was doing an NFT drop. Uh, more companies that, that you probably wouldn't wouldn't think of as being again tech savvy are jumping in the space. Again, Taco Bell is jumping in the NFT space, but also Charmin and Pringles are getting involved in it. And I I um, I kid you not, Miles. I kid you not that Charmin is teaming up with digital artists to create digital art based on Charmin. Um, toilet paper products and patterns and designs on uh, popular Charmin toilet papers throughout the year. So uh, people are not wasting any time getting creative with this stuff. Let me tell you. We but, did say uh, to think outside the box. <laughs> so um, I'm glad that Charmin is listening to our show. They, they are certainly getting outside the box with this, but also um, some more use cases of, of a bit more practi uh, practicality are coming out as well. Um, brands are leveraging QR codes. Uh, the parent company of Prada uh, is doing this as well. So it's again, removing hoops from giving, you know, allowing people to pr purchase your products easier. So now you can purchase, um, you know, uh, exclusive Prada products um, from QR codes that are generated from these NFTs. So uh, that was a really um, creative yet practical way uh, to increase sales. And then of course, our good, our good, good friend, uh, friend of the show, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, he launched something really, really interesting um, last week when he launched his own uh, NFT line, but he's connected it to this whole community that he's created called V Friends. And basically, if you, if you purchase an NFT, you also get put in this community, which also gets you access 
to certain things that he's offering, including live events later on in the year and next year. And so I think that that is a really, really interesting space. I think that uh, the live music and the event space is just going to go ham with NFTs once they realize how to leverage this and give people unique experiences that they can only access through the NFT. So uh, that was really, really interesting as well on the NFT side. And then we're not done with tech and big brands here, Miles. Are you familiar with the, the game Angry Birds? I am. Okay. Yep. Well, the developer of Angry Birds has now worked with Burger King to develop an augmented reality game for King Jr. meals at participating locations. So we all probably remember from our, our youth the Happy Meals uh, that we would get as kids. And we would, you know, you know uh, of course, bug our, our mom or our dad as we were in the backseat driving down uh, 6th Street or wherever your nearest McDonald's was. Mom, Dad, we have to stop in there and get the the latest, you know, whatever it was, uh, edition of the Happy Meal toy because you got to collect them all, right? And so a new twist on a very, very old idea, uh, get the kids in young, of course, because the kids are the greatest salespeople to their parents, and, uh, and get them to leverage a gamification in which they will want to keep collecting these items, except they've updated it. Uh, to an augmented reality platform. So certainly a little bit different than what we were into back in the day, Miles, but I think the principles uh, still apply. And then uh, also just uh, some more good news uh, coming out of the, uh, the world of ad execs. Uh, more and more uh, ad budgets are being planned to have live events as part of their ad budgets for third and fourth quarter uh, later on this year. So again, cross our fingers uh, hopefully that is going to be happening and we'll be uh, getting this this vaccination rollout complete and herd immunity reached and we'll have uh, mass live events later on this year. And so, you know, that's something that's been completely off the table, more or less, uh, for brands as, as part of their uh, their advertising and marketing for the last um, 14 months or so. And so it's going to be great to hopefully get that back online later on this year and leverage live events, leverage experiences as a way to do content marketing and, and bridge that gap to connect with your audience. So that was uh, some hopeful news there. And then Miles, I'll just, I'll wrap this up here with uh, an interesting, I'm not even really sure what to make about this, <laughs> this news piece here that came out, but Walmart cooks up healthy eating experience based upon a Netflix show. So Walmart has leveraged a Netflix show that is geared towards kids to create uh, a content marketing um, campaign all around healthy eating and teaching kids and families how to engage in healthy eating uh, uh, in their homes. Now, the thing that I'm not quite sure how to make about this is just I, I wasn't expecting Walmart to be the ones that do this because you don't usually think about shopping at Walmart with healthy eating. But. Maybe I that's love, why they're doing yeah, that. Yeah, they're yeah. Why to pivot I, themselves I, a little I think bit? It's, I think it's well, and the fact that they're targeting kids. Well, I think it is. It's a long-term play at correcting a misconception, you know, which is really, really important thing to do. You know, we talk about uh, marketing bridges a lot. We talk about, you know, how you're uh, foreseen from the outside, and that's the most important thing to do is to is to really, you know, have an accurate picture of where your pitfalls are. 
and and where the you know the negative criticism, the negative feedback, and sometimes they are just misconceptions. You know, for example, uh, you know, I, I'm just guessing that Walmart over the years has probably uh, put a whole lot of effort into bringing in more organic foods, bringing in healthier options. You know, they have a whole now you know fresh grocery produce section in most of their locations, but probably what they've done physically in the stores has not matched up with the brand image. Like I just said, you don't think Walmart healthy eating. And so perhaps this is a way for them to close that gap for include or to improve that marketing bridge gap that they have there. Uh, but a really, really interesting take. And I just, I just love the idea of them doing content marketing in general. Um, well, they're hitting on two things that we, we say just, very, very frequently on this show. And that is, you know, being creative with content marketing and also thinking in the long term. Uh, this sounds like a very long term play, which, of course, Walmart can just bleed money for decades and they'll be fine. But for smaller businesses, we also have to uh, catch ourselves and make sure that we're thinking in the long term. We're not just focusing on next week's sales or next month's numbers, but we're thinking years down the line. And um, operating in a way that serves our future selves. Yeah, hundred percent, Miles. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago on the show. If, if you're not planning on doing a complete exit or like retiring from your business mm -hmm. in the next twelve to eighteen months, you need to be doing some serious planning on how you're updating, optimizing, and evolving your company for all of these rapid changes that are happening in the marketplace right now. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. So, great point, Miles. Uh, Looks like we're almost out of time here, so I'll wrap it up from yep. the news desk and uh, send it back to you. Awesome. Well, yeah, like I said, we're going to be wrapping up here uh, at noon, but we will be back next Wednesday at 11 a.m. to talk a little bit more about digital marketing, how it is uh, changing in this weird world that we're in um, and hopefully answering your questions as they come in here. So make sure to email us those questions if you're watching Slater at askwildman at ymyweb.com. We'll use that to pick our subjects for next week. Okay, so uh, Mike, thank you very much for your uh, valuable insights today and we will see you next week. Oh, thanks for putting up with me, Miles. <laughs> All right, see you, Mike. All right, that is it for today. Uh, make sure to check back in with us next Wednesday at 11. Visit our website for more free resources at wildmanweb.com, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>